0: Welcome back, listeners, to the Somerville Advice Givers Podcast, where we connect you with the advice you need for when life happens to you. Our guest this week is Dan Sullivan. Dan is a a recent, well, two and a half year recent, uh, transplant to the area. Dan works at Jan Waring Woods CPA Firm, LLC. I'm sure I got that out of order. No, you got that right. Yeah. (laughs) So, Dan, tell me about what brought you to Somerville? You said you came here from the DC area. I did. Yeah. I mean, so obviously this is awesome.
1: Yeah. I, I'm enjoying myself here. Um, I love the Somerville area so far. Uh, the reason I came down here was, uh, my wife and I actually got married on Seabrook Island in 2015. And the reason we got married there was because my dad bought a vacation house down there when I was about 16 years old. And, um, I sort of got familiar with the area when he bought the house and fell in love with the area and said to my wife, you know, as soon as we started going out, really, I said, as soon as I go, back. As soon as I get an opportunity <laughs> to move down there, I want to move down there. And, uh, and interviewed with Jan, pulled the trigger. Nice. Yeah.
0: Nice. So, your background, have you always been doing CPA work?
1: I have, yeah. So, I, well. Is that what you went to school for? I did. Like,
0: yeah. Walk us through how you got to be a
1: CPA. So, when I was in high school, actually, they offered an accounting uh, program, an accounting class. And I was a sophomore in high school, and my dad was reviewing the, uh, the potential classes that I could take in high school. And he saw this accounting course. And he highly recommended that I take it. He said, hey, I sh- you should definitely take this course. It's going to help you in the long run. It was really a bookkeeping course. Mm-hmm. So I went through that whole course. I did really well in it. And I liked, I liked what I was doing. So when I got to college, I said, hey, I'm just going to stick with this accounting thing. It, it seemed to work out pretty well in high school. So I stuck with that. Um, I had odd, job, odd jobs through college. Right. You know, I worked at a golf course at a, at a, um, as a cart guy and then i worked as at a golf course as a caddy. and so i sort of worked my way through college that way. played some college baseball and uh and sort of just stuck with that accounting route and then once i got out of college, went straight into a cpa firm as an intern and um and the rest is history. St-
0: started started putting your time in. That's it. Yeah. Until you could find a place down here in the low country that would hire you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh now, where did you grow up? For, you you came here from DC. I know we had a Smidging of a conversation before I click record. That was some interesting stuff. Yeah, tell us tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what your family was like.
1: So, uh, like I that's me- unusual, yeah, in, so, in in this day and age. So I, I mentioned to you that my dad's from North Jersey. Mm-hmm. He's one of eleven, so I have f- close to fifty fifty cousins on one side of my family. Wow. Um, and he grew up on a street in New, in Ber- Bergen County, New Jersey, where there was all Irish Catholic families. Mm-hmm. So there was families that had 9, 10, 15 kids in these, these families. So some of their stories growing up were There were just
0: funny. gangs of children roving the streets. Exactly. Every exactly. Day.
1: They used to tell stories about how the kids would hide in the leaves and these cars would drive by and the parents would have to make sure that the kids were out of the leaves because, you know, oh some bad God. things could happen. But, you know, so yeah, there's all kinds of kids running around everywhere. But so, yeah, my dad's from a big family. My mom's from a much smaller family from um, just up a little bit north of Green Bay, Wisconsin, okay. Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. Um, and so it's sort of polar opposites in that sense. But um, but yeah, so they both found each other down in, in the D.C. area and and stayed there. And I grew up in nice. Beltsville, Maryland. Okay. Um, grew up as a Packers fan because my mom's a Packers fan. And it was either – I had, I had a choice between the Redskins, the Giants, because my dad's from North Jersey, or the Packers. And at that time, Brett Favre was a quarterback. So Brett Favre. it was, uh, it was an easy choice. And, um, uh, but yeah, so I grew up in, in Beltsville, Maryland and, uh, and stayed there. I mean, I, I went to Catholic uh, mm-hmm. kindergarten through grade school, through middle school, through high school. I went to the Catholic high school, and then, uh, I went to Catholic university in Washington, DC. Wow. The so whole gamut, the whole, whole thing all the way through that was 16 intentional. years. <laughs> that, yeah. That wasn't intentional. That wasn't intentional. I, I actually got into, um, university of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it was either go to South Carolina and try to play sports or go to Catholic University and play sports.
0: And <laughs> yeah, it, go to USC and try, or yeah.
1: definitely play. There you go. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I chose the option to play, and, and that's just Good how for it went. you. Yeah. Good
0: for you. Yeah. Now, you've been working as a CPA. Now, if you go to college sorry, I'm going to backtrack one second. So you go to college, you get a degree in CPAing, accounting. <laughs> right But I know that CPAs are licensed they are. by the state. So, what's the process after you graduate with an accounting degree to actually get a
1: CPA license? So, more often than not, people graduating with an accounting degree will graduate then with 120 credits. Okay. Yep. And most states will allow you to sit for the CPA exam with 120 credits, but you can't get licensed licensed until you have 150. Oh. So you either go back and get your master's degree, or you go back and you just get the 30 classes either online or going through a, a night a night school. So it doesn't have like to
0: be a master's degree.
1: It doesn't have in to. addition. You could just have a
0: bachelor's degree with 30 extra credits. Right.
1: And I know, I know kids who've gone through an accelerated accounting program that is 150 credits. So they'll graduate in four years with 150 credits, don't need to go get their master's. Just jump right in. Yeah, they just jump right in. Um, I took the route of going through 120 credits, Mm -hmm. graduating, then getting my master's degree in accounting and financial management, and then taking the CPA exam. I got you.
0: Okay. And the, the CPA exam, I mean, is it vary from state to state? No. Did you get licensed in South... Did, do you get licensed by state or you how do. does that work? Okay. You do
1: get licensed by state, but the exam doesn't vary from state to state. Okay. It's a, it's a nationwide exam. It's all the same across So you get licensed
0: state. in... Where'd you get licensed? I got licensed in Maryland. So you get licensed in Maryland, but it transfers to South Carolina.
1: You have to apply for reciprocity. Okay. So sure. I applied for reciprocity, which, you know, going through... Um, I assume it's state. just a formality. Yeah, it was just a formality. It takes kind some time. Of, it does, yeah. And okay. of course, you go through the state and they take as much time as they want. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that took a little bit of time to get that. But yeah, that's essentially what you have to do.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. So what does a CPA license allow you to do that someone without a license is
1: not able to do? That's a good question. That's something that not a lot of people ask and not a lot of people know the answer to. But I mean, I've been using a bookkeeper for years and years and years. I know he's not a CPA,
0: mm-hmm. but... My stuff is pretty simple until now that you know transferring stuff over to y'all as it gets more complicated. But so, what's the legal definition like that someone's allowed to do and a non-seat non-licensed CPA? Well, I guess there is no such thing as a non-licensed CPA.
1: So, as a CPA, you um, you sort of have a code of ethics that you have to okay. adhere to as opposed to a bookkeeper or a tax preparer. Uh, they might not necessarily follow that same code of ethics. I'm not saying that they're not ethical, right? But but we have a code of ethics that we have to follow. Um so it gives us the ability to not only prepare tax returns but issue financial statements. So when we set, sign off on a report uh for financial statements which most often in South Carolina contractors will need because mm-hmm. they'll if they want to go bid on a contract they need to have a certain level of financial statements to be right. able to bid on that contract or they can go to a bonding agent and get get bonded that way. Um so it gives us the ability to sign off on those financial statements it says hey I'm a CPA I follow this code of ethics I know I my you. stuff, and these financial statements are, in all material respects, accurate. Okay. Um, as it far- just gives more weight. Yeah, exactly. To what you're doing. Exactly. Nice. I yeah. like
0: it. Okay. Yeah. Where can someone find a copy of the CPA Code of Ethics? I assume it's online somewhere. If I just did a search for it.
1: You know, you probably go on the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants (AICPA's) yeah. website and find it. Um, that's where you could find the code of ethics. I'm I'm most positive about That'd that. I'm
0: going to have to check that out Yeah, before I start sending you any of my statements. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> no, you, you'll, that'll, that'll
1: put you to sleep. If you want to go to sleep one time, I bet it's yeah. like,
0: it's like the realtor code of ethics. Right. It's mostly boring stuff. Right. So as, a, as a CPA, as, as you're, you know, just getting started, um, two and a half years in or two and a half years working as a CPA or how long have you actually been practicing as a CPA?
1: As a CPA, I've had my CPA since August of 2016, but I've been practicing at a CPA firm okay. since 2012. Okay. So I've been in, I've been in the business for six years. Yep. Um, but, and you can practice under a CPA and not sure. have your CPA. The
0: CPA's license licensed for the firm covers. Right. Everything. Exactly.
1: So I practiced under a CPA until August of 2016, got licensed. Then I moved down here. And so now Jan and I are both CPAs at, at our firm now.
0: Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Capacity is increasing over right. there. exactly. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, let's jump right in then to the expert advice giving part, you know, Somerville advice givers. So as an expert in your field, I know a lot of the guests that we have on the show, they're like, no, I'm not really an expert, but you are. You know, you know way more about accounting and CPA stuff than a non-CPA. What are some pieces of advice that you could give the average person to improve their life? Well, our non-CPA folks out there,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing is, is, um, I was actually talking to a client recently and and they were like, you know, thank God, you know what you know, because if you didn't, I'd be lost. Yeah. And (laughs) and I said, you know, well, thank God a mechanic knows what a mechanic knows because (laughs) if they didn't, I'd run my car into the ground. All I know is I think my oil's low. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Whatever your car tells you, that's, that's what you pay attention to. But in our, in our, um, in our profession, I mean, it's, it's, the tax law is always changing so it's hard for people to keep up with um and for that reason it it makes a lot of people scared of taxes for lack of a better Mm -hmm. word um and my advice is easier said than done but don't overwhelm yourself with it it's it's not it's not rocket science you know i'm not telling you it's not calculus it's not all that stuff it's simple math and it's just stuff they they complicate the tax code a lot. No, and they yeah, and they <laughs> and they say that they simplified the tax law with this new change in the tax law, tax simplification, right? Mm-hmm. And they made it so you could file on a postcard. Well, that's not necessarily true. Sorry to break break the bad news to you. <laughs> that's not necessarily true. But um, but don't overwhelm yourself with it. Ask mm-hmm. questions to your CPA. Um, if you don't have a CPA, uh, try to stay on top of the tax law as much as you can. There's sources out there where you can read articles. Um, journal of accountancy or the tax advisor online. Uh, you can go and read articles. They'll just have articles listed off and there might be articles that are more relevant to you than, than, they're, than there's some that aren't. Here's your question. As, as we,
0: before we go any further into I <clears throat> excuse me. it just occurred to me a question that I think a lot of
1: people might have would be, how do you know, Like, does everybody need a CPA? Not necessarily. No, right. I, don't, I don't think so. Um, if you have a simple tax return, uh, or you don't have any, you know, complex tax situations. You just have W two wages and a standard mm-hmm. deduction.
0: Yeah, like I'm just making, you know, fifty thousand dollars on a W two. And I get my, my apartment. yeah. I get my W two from Boeing mm-hmm. or Volvo or wherever.
1: Yeah. That you you don't necessarily need a CPA. Okay. I mean, you're you're filing your tax return. You can go through, you know, TurboTax, or you can go through H and R Block. Just punch in the numbers and it'll tell numbers. you which you oh. Right. And mm-hmm. if you want a CPA to overlook it, yeah. I mean, they have that service. And honestly. It's overpriced, in my opinion. I, I don't really know what the service entails. And I, I think the last time I checked, it was like $200 to have a CPA look over your return. Mm-hmm. And if somebody with W-2 wages and a standard deduction is paying $200 for a CPA to overlook their return, it's wasted Yeah. Um, because they're just punching in their numbers that are coming from their W-2 that they're getting from their payroll company. And then they're punching in the standard deduction and then they're done. And then they, that tells them how much they get back. So There's really not much to check, right. exactly. <laughs> and and if you're paying the two hundred dollars, yeah, that's a form of, you know, you know, surety that you're saying, mm-hmm. okay, you know, n- now I know it's right because the CPA checked over it, but it's probably not worth it. I got you. Um okay. in that situation, no, somebody wouldn't need a CPA. But if you're running into a situation where you might have some kind of, tax implication of a sale of a property mm-hmm. um or you know you have some sort of inheritance or you have uh or you're taking money out of a IRA or something like that it might be might be in your best interest to at least have the CPA do that return for that year right um you know, now
0: before we go any further ladies and gentlemen disclaimer this conversation is just Dan and I having a conversation over the table this is not legit CPA advice for how you should live your life absolutely this is just generic stuff that might help you out all right so please don't make tax return decisions based on this episode. Have a conversation with Dan. Absolutely. You know, you know, have a conversation with whoever your CPA is. Anyway, I just wanted to make sure Yeah. before we go any farther, I don't want you to get in trouble or me to get in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Even though I haven't read your code of ethics yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. That, I, I mean, it's, it, again, yeah, like you said, don't take, don't take mm-hmm. my advice on this just because, you know, I mean, I'd be happy to talk to somebody on the phone about it. And, and more often than not, what people, people get overwhelmed and then they say, Well, I need to talk to my CPA about that, but then they don't know how to tell me about it because it's so overwhelming and so complex. I don't even know what I need to do. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's sort of like health insurance. Like if I, if I go and try to like look at health insurance, how to get health insurance, I don't really know what I'm looking at, Mm -hmm. but that's because I only have to deal with it once every, maybe however, I mean, I I don't even know how many years you have to deal with health insurance. The problem with taxes is you have to deal with them once a year, every year. So they're always going to be there sitting ben on your Franklin shoulder.
0: Franklin said the only things that are certain in life are death and taxes. Right. Exactly. And he wasn't so sure about death.
1: Yeah. And taxes can, <laughs> taxes can still get you after death because yeah. then you could have back taxes that somebody owes after they died that mm-hmm. somebody might be on the hook for. But, but yeah, I, I think that people get overwhelmed because it's always there. It's mm-hmm. always something that's hanging over their shoulder and it's not something that you should get overwhelmed about. There's, there's ways to simplify things. And I mean, my, my wife is a very smart lady. She is, she does God's work is what I say. I, I think I told you about this. She does clinical mental health counseling. Mm-hmm. So, but she has a creative brain. And I, when I try to explain some sort of, you know, numbers or any sort of tax law to her, she glazes over just like everybody else. I mean, exactly. your, your eyes glaze over and you sort of just zone out and you say, I don't know what the hell this guy's talking about. He'll, um, he'll, he'll figure it out when I give him my stuff, <laughs> but it, it's, I try to simplify it so that somebody can understand it when they don't know anything about tax, and I try to I try to do that with my wife as well, and and so I'll practice on her sort of, and she <laughs> she doesn't really know that I'm I'm practicing, but I am, and so I'll practice, and then she'll say, yeah yeah, I understand what you're saying.
0: Okay, I need to remember how I explained this. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. What else? What what other pieces of advice? Could someone take to heart just to sim- to make their life easier, simplify their life? Well, of-
1: again, all this stuff is easier said than done, but mm-hmm. but stay on top of your financial your financial picture, uh, regardless of whether you're a business or whether you're an individual. Um, take a couple minutes a week, maybe thirty minutes a week, and just stay on top of your financial picture. If you're an individual, and something happened that might be that might be unusual in your tax picture, make sure you're keeping a folder on your computer or a folder in your file Mm
0: -hmm. that that
1: has all your tax information there. So when you go to the end of the year, it's not such a headache to file your tax return. Right. You have everything there, you give it to your CPA or you pull it out and you file it yourself. You have all that information there and ready to go as opposed to saying, oh, it's gonna take me a couple of days or a week to gather everything that I need and scrounge through all my stuff. It's all right there. It's a couple minutes a week. And that's the easiest way to do it, in my opinion. If you're a business, stay on top of your your bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, you'd be surprised at how many people don't actually stay on top of it. And then we get to the end of the year and we say, hey, let's look at your numbers and try to plan around this new tax law, because you might be able to have, there might be some advantages that you might have uh, that we can plan around, but they don't have their numbers all up to date. So we they can't really start plan. working
0: on the year end numbers until December 3rd. Right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so, so it's, it's very hard to plan in that situation. But whereas if you stay on top of your numbers, um, it's very easy to plan. And we, and we have a lot more, uh, yeah. breadth of, of advantages that we can take into account when we're mm-hmm. going through your planning phase. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Keep going.
1: Um, I, I mean, I, 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 again, a lot of this stuff is easier said than done, but, Um, it's just more or less just staying on top of everything. So like I said before, staying on top of that tax law. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's our expertise. That's stuff that we're going to stay on top of very in depth, but just giving yourself a broad understanding of what's going on, giving yourself, um, even if it's just like, Hey, I know that the tax
0: law changed. They shoot you an email. Like is just, what are the high points that I need to know? Right. Exactly. September, the law just changed. We got what? Three months left in the year. What do I need to know between yeah. now and Christmas?
1: Yeah, or if you hear something, I mean one of the, one of the accountant's worst enemies or a CPA's worst enemy is cocktail talk. So if some <laughs> if if somebody's sitting at a at a cocktail hour with their friends and somebody says, "Well, my my tax preparer said I could do this, I could deduct this." Well, that might not always be the case and that might just be an aggressive tax position to take. So if you hear that, we're here m- more days than not in the yeah. office. So give us a call and we'll talk through it. There might be, there might be a reason that we're going take advantage of that. Every situation is going to be different. Exactly. Every situation is going to be different. Exactly. But, but hearing about that kind of stuff, staying on top of that stuff, there might be something that we hadn't right. heard of. So it's, it's always good to ask questions to somebody, to ask questions to a CPA or to your tax preparer. Um, ask them questions about something that you hear because there might be a reason that, that you didn't take advantage of that.
0: So should I be worried about the voicemail that I got the other day that the IRS has issued a warrant for my arrest? No. Okay.
1: The IRS will never call you to solicit information like that. <laughs> the
0: IRS does not make phone calls, no. ladies and gentlemen. No. You never have to worry about those spam computer voices
1: telling you there's a warrant. No, they will send you something in the mail, and it will be very explicit as to how much money you owe them.
0: I have gotten one of those letters.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, it happens. Back in the day when I was doing youth
0: ministry in El Paso, I got one of those letters. <clears throat> it was like $1,500 that I hadn't accounted for from something. I'm like, oh, crap hmm. So I wrote my check as fast as I could. Yeah. like Here you go, Mr. Government, please
1: yeah. don't arrest me. They're more prone to, to let you know how much <laughs> you owe them as opposed to how much they owe you. Oh, yeah,
0: that's that's for sure. Yeah,
1: that's for sure. Uh, how many how many tax
0: returns do you normally see in the season? I so I know like right now, the season, well, I don't know if it's actually kicked off because it's only the eighth of the month as we're sitting here doing the interview and the IRS doesn't even know when they'll be able to accept returns right. yet, mm-hmm. which always cracks me up. Um, side note, when I bought my first house here in Somerville, I was looking in my journal reflecting, it was six years ago and I was so stressed out because all I had to do was file my 2012 taxes, pay my tax bill, and then close on the house. Mm-hmm but we couldn't even file the taxes until like February 1st and closing for the house was at the end of January. So like I was ready to pay my tax, like Mr. Government here, I know how much I owe, here's my check, but I couldn't even, couldn't do anything. It just Mm -hmm. cracked me up that I knew what I owed and I was ready to pay my taxes, but I couldn't even submit them.
1: Well, it's crazy. I mean, the IRS is always changing things. So you look at last year, um, when they ch- so for businesses they changed the bonus depreciation laws. So for businesses, if you put an a, a asset in service after September 27th of last year, uh, then you could take one hundred percent bonus depreciation on it between September 27th and December 31st. Well, they put that law into place on December 20. 20- first, I think. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> th- so you only had nine days. Yeah. So you I mean, 10 days to actually figure out what you were going to depreciate. Right. Or you got lucky and yeah. you bought something oh, between good the 20- thing
0: I bought this $75,000 piece of machinery back in October. Right. Exactly.
1: So, so it's sort of changes like that, that sort of push that day back for the IRS. But, um, but yeah, they'll, they'll set that date. They haven't set it yet. And I think that's mm-hmm. probably because of the furlough. Um, so they're still out of work right now. I tried to call the IRS tax pros tip line the other day or the tax pros line where I could just, you know, contact somebody for for a piece of information that I needed from a client. Um, and I didn't, I couldn't get through because the line was shut down. Wow. So they're they're still shut down right now as far as I know. Um, but they did, I think they did issue something that said that they'll issue refunds timely when people start filing. I did see
0: that in the news that refunds are not going to be, well, I say not going to be a problem. We'll see. Yeah. I have no idea. Anyways. It's good. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. What are, the, what are the real busy seasons for a CPA firm? I know right now is starting to get busy because the first wave is to April 15th. But what are, like, what are the yearly cycles that a CPA firm has? So we're always busy with... So we know when it's like, oh, if I call now, they're not going to be too busy.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. That, and again, like you said, now between now and April 15th, obviously, is our busiest season. hmm Um, once April 15th gets done, uh, we're sort of still busy until April 30th, because some people have property tax filings that are due the 30th. If you have a business that's year end is December 31st, your property tax filing is due four months after the date your business closes for the year. So if you have a fiscal year end C corporation, um, and your year end is June 30th, your property tax return is going to be due on October 31st. Okay. Um, So for businesses, we have to file some property tax returns that maybe they might be on extension, their return might be on extension. So we'll file the property tax returns up to April 30th. We're not as busy, but we're filing those. Um, And then we have a deadline for nonprofit returns, which we do a few of um, at uh, May 15th. So it's another deadline there. And then after May 15th, between Memorial Day and Labor Day, we sort of free up a little bit. Um, we're still busy with all kinds of different stuff. Sure. We're doing payroll. We're right, doing do the stuff that y'all got. Right. Bookkeeping. We're doing financial statements for some clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're always staying busy, but we're not as busy between Memorial Day and Labor Day as we would generally be on, on other times of the year.
0: And then does it kick up again for the October deadline? It
1: does a little bit. between For the September 15th deadline, yeah. there's, there's a corporate okay. extension deadline. So it'll kick up a little bit for that. And then it'll kick up for the October 15th deadline for individuals. Um, and then t- after the October fifteenth deadline, we jump right into tax planning basically. Sure. So we're contacting all our Setting clients up appointments. Exactly. Let's plan for next year. Exactly.
0: Busy pretty much all year. Pretty much all year. Like-
1: <laughs> yeah. The summer it's nice to have the summers, you know, slow down a little right. bit though, because it, I mean that's the time of year you want to be off or, or right. not off, but I can not as busy bit. around here. Nice. Yeah.
0: Nice. Okay. Well, let's move into the next phase of our conversation. We call it the final four. We got four questions that we go through. Question number one. When,
1: work is, when you pause from work and you, you take a break, what do you like to do for fun? Um, what I like to do for fun, I like to travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I like to travel a lot. We have, I mean, traveling back and forth between here and Maryland, obviously, because we have a lot of friends up there. But, but also, our, it's our intention to go overseas. Uh, we went to Ireland a couple years ago. Our intention is to go Beautiful. to Iceland this year. Beautiful. So we want to travel a little bit. We don't have kids yet, so we, we sort of discussed before we got married— that we wanted to hold off on kids for a little bit travel so we didn't have to drag a couple little munchkins with us on to, on and off the plane cuz I'm sure you know that might be a little oh bit of a headache oh my goodness
0: <laughs> it, it it is it's a geometric progression of difficulty <laughs> having one child with you is the same as like having a group of eight that you got to get <laughs> on a plane and off of. yeah logistically it gets geometrically more difficult
1: right and so that that's what we sort of heard so we were like okay we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to step back and travel for a little while so we like to travel. We like to go to the beach, which is an, another big reason that we came down here. And um, we're in summer. We're an hour away. Right. Perfect. Exactly. Easy. So, um, so we like to travel there. Um, I like sports. Uh, I'm a big, big Packers fan. Um, actually, part Packers owner because every time that they they win the Super Bowl, they'll issue shares in the company or in the in the Packers. They're the only publicly owned NFL franchise. For real. Yeah. So, wow. When I was when I was 20, they won in 2010. So my mom bought me a share of the Packers for Christmas. So I have a share hanging up in my office. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It, it's a really cool thing to say because it sort of blows people away. Like, well, hold on a second. What? How much do you what? own?
0: <laughs> <laughs> One share. How One- many shares are there?
1: A billion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How much How much uh, voting rights do you have? None. But, um, but so I'm a Packers fan. Uh, I'm an Orioles fan. I'm a Capitals fan. So I'm a big sports fan. Love watching sports. Um, like I, I told you, I played some college baseball, some mm-hmm. big baseball fan. Um, so I, I play men's league softball up at Hagen park on Mondays. So that's, nice. that's fun. So I like to do that. Um, and, uh, we like to, you know, go around, and explore, explore Charleston. This is,
0: a, this is a great place for all those things you like to do. Yeah, that's absolutely.
1: Awesome. So I um, think that's, it's, there's a lot of stuff to explore that we still haven't gotten to around here. So we're still exploring the area.
0: Yeah. There's, there's an almost. Never-ending supply of things to go do. Absolutely, it's wonderful. Absolutely. Wonderful. All right. Continuing on, we have final four question number two.
1: In looking forward in the next year-ish, what are you most excited about? Well, I'm I'm talking to you de- today on the eighth, so I'm excited about the new year. You right know, on. it's it's we're growing and, and expanding and moving forward. So I'm I'm excited about not not just the growth of me personally or my mm-hmm. family, but um. But the company that I, that I work for, for January was Woods, I think we're in a good position now. Uh, we've gained a lot of traction with the work that we're doing. So I think that we're in a good position to grow um, at a decent rate. And I, I think that expanding outside the Somerville area might be part of that. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for that.
0: Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right, question number three. What's a parting piece of advice that you'd like to share with
1: the audience? Um, a parting piece of advice would be... Um, Again I mentioned this as we were going along but try not to get overwhelmed with with any of the tax laws mm-hmm. or or any of the information that you might receive regarding taxes uh, I know that it can be overwhelming and like I said a lot of people's faces their eyes will glaze over as I start talking about stuff and they're like thank God this guy knows this because I don't want to deal with this and and that's true with any profession I mean there's you go you go to the experts to get it done right, right. so um, try not to get overwhelmed with it I mean if you hear something, I know it's very easy to impulsively get overwhelmed in any situation about anything, but try not to get overwhelmed. Try to talk to somebody about it. Uh, if you go to your CPA, ideally they'll simplify it for you. If you come to me, I definitely will try to simplify right. it for you. Um, but <laughs> if you leave your CPA's office feeling more confused, yes. mm, I'm not going to say you should change CPAs, but it might be time to think about you it. Know, maybe consider it. Yeah. But yeah, so just try not to overwhelm yourself because I, 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 they try to overcomplicate it so people can't mm-hmm. understand uh, really what's going on, but it's really not that hard to understand when you break it down to the basics. Nice.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Question number four, what's the best way for listeners to get in touch with y'all?
1: Uh, the best way to get in touch would be either email or phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email me at dan, dan.sullivan at jwwcpa.com. Okay. Uh, or call us at eight four three two six one zero zero nine six, And then it'll list all our extensions there. Nice. Um, so that's the best way to get in touch with us. Uh, you can go through our social media pages. We have social media. We have Facebook. We have LinkedIn. Um, and uh, we have our webpage that you can go to and see all the services that we offer um, and see all our staff history and everything like that. So that, that's probably the best way to get in touch with us.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Bonus question. All right. Not in your notes, so I don't know if you're ready for it. <laughs> um, bonus round is what, what is the thing that is keeping you sane right now in your life? The thing, the person, the, you know, what is keeping you sane?
1: Um, I would say, I mean, my life outside, uh, outside work, really. Um, I try to do a good job of separating mm-hmm. work and personal mm-hmm. life. Um, and that used to be easy for me because in D.C., I live 16 miles from my work and it took me an hour and 45 minutes to get home. <laughs> so it was easy for me between the time that I left work, an hour and 45 minutes I have to turn off my work, right, my work brain and turn Process on all those last things. Right. Like I'm done. Yeah, exactly. Here it's a little bit harder. There's not as much traffic getting from downtown Somerville to Pine Forest. So <laughs> I, I'm, it takes me a little bit longer to get out of that work mode, but I try to se- separate work from life and enjoying my life and out, what, I, what I like to do outside it and travel right. and have fun, um, hang out with my friends and stuff Keeping like that. Keeping the
0: boundaries between Keeping the boundary in between work and not work. Absolutely. Good
1: for you. That that tries I try to keep myself sane by doing that. And of course, that doesn't mean I'm ever off the clock, really. I mean that there's (laughs) there's always times I'm I'm have my email on my phone. I'm always available. I've gotten calls from clients at odd hours of the day on odd days, and they're (laughs) like, I cannot believe you're in the office right now. (laughs) But but you know, I I try to turn it off when I'm not. I try to turn turn my brain into family mode. Um, to try to keep myself safe. well
0: in in your industry you know the it's it's all emotional lifting and mental lifting absolutely and you have to have a time to recharge hmm otherwise you just you're not operating a hundred percent at work hmm good for you good I for agree. you all right so we got we got those things awesome Dan I'm really glad that you're here in Somerville very grateful that you're sharing spending some time for this conversation I know That I've been working with my bookkeeper for, gosh, six or seven years just because I am not good at what y'all are good at. And I can't afford to lose six weeks of my spring trying to process through all of my data for the previous year to figure out what I think I might owe in taxes and then stress out that I might get a letter from the IRS saying, oh, no, you calculated it wrong. You forgot about this. Where's our $3,000 check that you owe us? It's like. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, listeners, don't stress yourself out. Get a professional who knows what, who knows how the system works. Get a professional on your side. Get in touch with Dan over at Jan Waring Woods, CPA, LLC. There you go. <laughs> uh, what's y'all's address? Y'all are right here somewhere, right, right by the tracks.
1: Right by the tracks. We're in at,
0: between Cedar and Main Street. Yep, exactly.
1: Right? Yep, we're at 119 Suite A, West Luke Avenue. West Luke. Yep, so it's right behind. Right across
0: from the YMCA.
1: Right across from the YMCA, yep. Yeah, right just, behind Groucho's there there you go mm-hmm. awesome
0: Dan thanks again for your time listeners thank you so much for being a part of the show for listening thank you for sharing this with your family and friends for making Somerville a more awesome place because awesome is not a word making Somerville a, a better place to live you've been listening to the Somerville Advice Givers Podcast where we connect you with the you need for life's I'm your host Jaden Smith thanks so much